Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. Uh, it's me, Justin Woodland, and uh, you can contact the podcast at uh, Twitter, at Justin, Justin Woodland, 2 one l or you can email me, justin.woodland at cisco.com. Again, 2 one l So um, 2 one l is really I, As you can tell, there's somebody else in the room because Mark's on holiday. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks, Mark, for going on holiday. And so he, got, he arranged for a sub to turn up. So, and I didn't he know. Didn't. He, you did. Sharp. I'm, not, I'm, trying to make it, I'm trying to turn it around onto him now. <laughs> what do you mean, uh, by okay. So, we've got a uh, second time podcaster, but uh, first time co host. So, that means he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just here to jabber along and. and, and ooh. Uh, ooh, that's a bit of a link there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, we've got, got Sprabber. But you've got Joachim Mason. Hi, Joachim. Hi, Hello, mate. everyone. Thanks for joining us. I have. Um, I'm honoured. Again, to be here. <laughs> Why is I'll that find then? any way onto this podcast, as either as my chosen subject or as co-host. I say you're co-host now. You are co-host sub. But I want I want Mark to know. I just want him to know that in in his absence, I have brought the executive summary of the mid-year cybersecurity report. Just, you're gonna just I'm have gonna talk just, about is it. this like it's just, just here? Just just have him in the room, is it? It's, he's sort of here. I feel his presence. You feel his presence. Mm. <laughs> Because I wouldn't want him to think that. Because actually, um, I was thinking this morning remembered. we should do one on, on the mid-year security poll. Yeah, but he's, he's will. but we looked at the schedule and we're like, we're pretty snowed under, so we'd have to do an extracurricular one with him. Anyway, so he's here in spirit, and then we we miss you, Mark. With Please come back. Video. There's no reason why he couldn't be here, right? Why we could exactly? we could just you know. He's on holiday. If you if if well, I you mean I know he loves the podcast, no but he's on holiday. holiday. <laughs> we're also joined by uh, Scott O'Farrell. Hello, Hello. mate. Hello. Hello, first time podcaster. Well, sort of first time because we we did record a podcast before, but I I broke the audio kit. And it didn't record properly, so. Um, At least you took responsibility. You didn't blame your I, tools. I, that's true. Yeah, it will. The tools were fine. It's just I didn't know how to use them because mm. we just moved to this newfangled, newfangled way of recording. And now you're an uber professional. I'd like to say so, but I don't think I am. I think the whole no. amateurness of this if podcast is a feature. Then it's true. It's true. With confidence and conviction, it must be true. Okay. Anyway. So is yeah. You, where are you going with this? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just sitting here, co-hosting. Co-hosting. Anyway, isn't this there we are. So, so what are we here to talk about today then, Scott? Oh, the world of collaboration, please. World of collaboration, yay! Yeah. Well, we've already because we've already done one on Spark, which was uh, went down well with uh, Zubair. Yeah, very good. Yeah. You are uh, joined Cisco with, and and oh, the other thing about Joachim, he used to be my boss. Used to be, yeah. And you're going to be. My th- this is slightly unusual because um, aren't are we going to have a sort of twenty-minute random preamble about stuff? Well, we, we did talk about that when on our pre-prep meeting at lunch. Oh, okay, right. So you're going to say you talk about who had the longest journey in? Yep. And uh, I won. I, what? How do you know? Because you drove from Stafford to London to London to Surbiton to Reading. So now we know you live in Surbiton. Coming at you. Um, yep. Shout out to the Surbiton massive. And the other thing, um, which is an improvement on the last podcasting experience. Can what you is, guess it, what you, it is Well, I, I'm not hungover. Were you hungover last time? I had a, I, I had a, what is it, a little, fr- little, fr- little, fr- uh, my th- I had a Thursday, which is a little Friday in Danish. Lila Friday, yeah. Lila okay. Friday, Lila Friday. The other thing is we've, we've not got squeaky chairs uh, in this room. Let's try. See? No, they're not squeaky this they're time. Squeaky. Yeah, but we were in Southampton last time. We were. Chandler's Ford. Now we're Chandler's. in our Reading, our Reading Chandler's. studio. We have studios all over the place. Studio equals meeting room. You see, I told you, I, I told you I would manage to delay the start of mm. the actual content. Sorry, he can edit you out though. Yeah, he said that, but he, he doesn't do it, you see. He says he'll edit everything out, and then he doesn't. So, have fun. First time for everything. It is, isn't it? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. 
You'll be absolutely fine. It's, it's it is Joachim that I am more worried about than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, Scott. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we had Zubair on talking about collaboration. and Well, mainly about Spark. So we talked about Spark. Yes. So we, I mean, it's a big new... Th- no, it's not new. It was new that when we launched it. But it we want to make sure... It, it was newish. Board, sort of stuff, Spark yeah. and Borden. Yeah. See, I keep... Spark board just makes me think of Smorgasbord, which is a bit of a Scandinavian back thing. Back to the Danish. We're back to the Danes again, isn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Shout out to the Danish Massive anyway, because I'm going to check live, which is a wonderful thing to do on a podcast, is checking actually uh, if we've got any Danish listeners. How can you do that live? Because I'm doing it now. Oh, okay. So I just go and check on my stats. So you're checking on that and you're checking on... Email. Oh, email. He's just doing emails. He's <laughs> no, that no, bored. I'm, I'm on Spark. <laughs> He's that bored. Oh, and we have... That's too long a gap. That is 18 downloads from Denmark. Is it? Only 18. So it's my family. You need to, if you're <laughs> you telling, you, telling your auntie, auntie and your it cousins. Doesn't matter if you listen to it. Just download it. Oh, there we go. Anyway, so we had, we uh, so we spoke about Spark last Spark time, board, and there's been yeah. loads. Well, no, they, and it was just one aspect of our collaboration stuff that we do. So you were very keen to come on to the podcast and tell us mm. about the other stuff that's going on, which yeah, Zubair didn't cover. Big portfolio, lots of change in the industry as we kind of move from on-premise towards cloud, as we move from instant messaging and presence towards team messaging. Team um, messaging. Yeah, that's what Spark's really about, right? That's the main difference between like a Jabber and a Spark or a, yeah. you know, even from a competitive perspective, a Skype for Business and Microsoft Teams. It's moving from instant message real time to team group messaging. Yeah. You know, your Yahoo Messenger to your WhatsApp. Yeah. It's gone from an individual chat to a and team I never or used group chat. Well, I would say more, more, it was yeah. more MSN for me. Yeah. And then. You're totally old school. You know yeah, that. that's, yeah. Yeah, well, Joachim's though, right? So he's even older. I think I'm older than you, though, aren't I? Uh, you don't look it, and that's the most important oh, thing. That's because I, uh, yeah, well, obviously it's a harder paper round in Denmark. <laughs> it's all flat, though, isn't it? You don't even have any hills over there. Yeah, but remember, I grew up in Scotland. Oh, that's it, you're just getting beaten up every day. I, I had a butcher's um, job as a butcher's assistant that my mum made me cycle to, and it meant I had to leave uh, where we lived at um, 5.30 in the morning and cycle for six miles to go and be a butcher's assistant which in itself isn't very pleasant anyway I, don't I bet know you just smelt of meat <laughs> it was uh, I had to I had to make the sausage meat so you're a mincer <laughs> <laughs> I was I minced the sausage meat Scott oh wow um, and yes it's quite a complicated process and uh, and here I am now oh look at you podcasting for Cisco podcasting for Cisco great so I'm totally lost where we are now <laughs> so yeah so we were talking about MSN to and Yahoo to to WhatsApp and that's what I saying. that's all sparky yeah. spark spark yeah. um, so what are you here to talk about today then come on so we've released some new endpoints. Um, we've uh, as we're moving towards endpoints being what what's an endpoint an endpoint being a video endpoint telepresence endpoint okay um, room so a proper like. proper in room Video thingy because uh, the thing in my mind is is uh, yeah yeah because I got anything can be an endpoint though can't it yeah, yeah. device laptop well yeah that's what I'm saying because you can look at it you think about what do I do yeah. video on I do a video on my laptop so yeah, so these are video room systems yeah so built in static don't move yeah quite yeah cool. so room kit it's uh, we, what we're starting to see is the industry moving away from your traditional kind of analog or digital pan zilt uh, pan, pan zilt Zoom, it's a bit of a mouth, a tongue twist to that, yeah. uh, cameras. So now with you know technology moving away from you know, towards 4K or 5K cameras. 5K? 
Yeah, yeah. so I've our, only just our, got a 4K telly. Yeah, I know, but our room kits they have 4K cameras with 5K sensors in. So we're whoa, 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 whoa. 4K camera with a 5K sensor. Yeah, oh, so the 4K God. camera gives a really deep, rich image, whereas the 5K sensor is essentially the size of the picture. So you think 1080p was going what four times larger in terms of the image size than a, an SD image. Um, 4K goes, you know, again four or five times bigger than 1080p image in terms of the. Left FM, here's a question. Here's a question, right? So, say your eyes, say you've got perfect eyesight hmm. and you were measuring it in four and five K terms, what would it be? It'd be like 20K or. What are you on about now? Well, the definition, because we keep talking about it's becoming clearer and clearer and clearer yeah. and clearer. So, it's almost like real life. So, yeah. what was, what's the equivalent? Okay. So, it's like a, it's the, the easy one if you look at ten, uh, standard definition telly mm-hmm. and 1080p. And with uh, Wimbledon recently, um, you know, we've been some time in the UK. The easiest check is if you put Wimbledon on BBC and just watch it in standard definition, you see the net, but you can't see the the netting. You mean you can see put it you in can see it's grainy. You can see a, a difference between yeah. HD and, and standard definition. Yeah. I can and definitely say that. And that's the same, again, applies to 1080p or HD and UHD being 4K. Um, Mega the, HD. That's the, what the, it's called. Yeah, yeah, superior HD, ultimate HD, whatever you want to call it. Um, there is a, a richer image deeper colors depth so it almost looks 3d essentially so you've got perspective um but obviously all that all requires bandwidth which is you know good for the network that's selling switches and routers um good for the isps that's selling bandwidth you know um more video the the richer the experience it's a bit like uh, driving from reading to to glasgow you can do it in a an old ford fiesta or you can do it in a you know, mercedes-benz or you know whatever other cars are available other, car, you know, other luxury cars are available so you're still going to get from A to B, but the experience is going to be a lot nicer, yeah, a lot richer. Right. You're going to be a lot more. You still sick. It doesn't matter what car you start. You suck in, you're in. You still get stuck of the traffic on the on the M6. If you invited me to go and do a podcast in Glasgow, I'd still do it though. Just I'm yeah, but you'd fly though. No, no, I'd drive for you. I wouldn't drive. I'd fly. Okay, well, I'm just, I'm just. It's a long way to go. You. Okay, thank you. We'll, we'll remember that one next time. Mm-hmm. I invite you, if I do. Yeah, um, so pan tilt zoom cameras are, I think are going to be a thing of the past moving forward essentially um, one of the things we released a couple of years ago was the speaker track camera oh yeah yeah because it follows you around the room yeah it follows you around the room so that was great it took it it automated if you like there's a bit of machine learning in but it, it was an actual camera that, and so the bit is coming to mind you talk about pan tilt zoom but then, and then you had the camera that followed you around. But that's yeah. what you're saying is, if I've got this right, we're not a camera. This camera doesn't actually have any physical moving parts. Correct. So it doesn't. So when we talk about pan tilt zoom, this is all done digitally. Digitally. Yeah, you're manipulating the image itself. So uh, therefore, people aren't going to freak out anymore. That oh god, that camera's just zoomed in on me, and oh, I'm going to be on the TV at the far end, and, and and being conscious of the meeting experience. Essentially, what we're trying to do with collab is take technology away make the experience pervasive to the user so they just get on with the business get on with the conversation not worrying about where they are on the camera where just trying to have a digital meeting isn't it yeah without the bang someone's camera pointing at you camera yeah. pointing to somebody else yeah because it, it, it can put some people off you know, they yeah. feel a bit well, conscious feels like it's they're suddenly on screen because you you're not going to know whether you're on screen or not because yeah. it's just been done because he's trying to give you a more natural experience exactly as if you that. were in a meeting room yeah and, and but maintain that value that video offers you know yeah. a lot of time if people just if there's a large room people just walk in they won't zoom the camera in on where they're seating positions that's where speaker trap is really good because it bring them full full view if you like mm-hmm. so i can see the whites of your eyes the emotions on your face to the message that i'm delivering potentially but the digitalization of that even takes away that 
that that camera that's moving in front of you and maybe that additional barrier that won't be there anymore. But the experience at the other end is still that you're able to then zoom in on someone who is speaking because that's part of it. That yeah. is part of it, isn't it? Or if I was to get up and start whiteboarding, it's just going to then p- automatically pick me up on the whiteboard yeah. rather than you going, oh, can you move the camera, please? Because I can't see anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, there we go. So, um, see, that's that's interesting. Just how that I, I I've got more questions about how you do the pan tilt and zoom digitally. Mm. But I think we'll save that for another day. Or I'll have yeah. to go look it up online. So what other things are going on? So as well within the room kits, uh, with, there's been a huge move forward in terms of microphones and speakers as well. So it used to be that you needed microphones on desks for, for video or, oh, or, yeah, it's or true, conference isn't it? yeah. phones on desks. And it would be great rooms. when people you're not in the room, but then people start banging on the keyboards or things like that. And you'd, yeah. you'd yeah. Yes, we've, we've been doing things like taking out the background noise for a while, um, although the human vocal range is quite wide mm. range. It's hard to get it all out. Um, but, you know, there's a, a degree of white noise balancing, if you like, in, in our microphones. But what we're doing now is actually removing off the table, which should remove even more background interference, you know, from cufflinks, keyboards, etc. Um, by having them in the units themselves, um, certainly in large, big training rooms, auditoriums, you're still going to need either in-ceiling mics or table mics. But now that we've moved them to the Spark board itself and into the Spark room kit, that kind of clears the clutter off the desk a bit. Um, and you can literally walk away from a spark board. You can be 20, 25 meters away and you've not got to raise your voice. There's a lot of clever stuff done with mixing and gains control. I'm sure Justin, you know all about this being mm. the podcaster that you are. Um, but, you know, microphone technology, speaker technology has moved on so much now that, you know, we don't need these full-on integrated solutions anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, so that is, I mean, that's really about saying, you know, any meeting room is much more accessible to the technology than it was before yeah. without the compromise on the experience. Yeah, exactly right. We, you know, our mission is to be in every meeting room. Yeah. On every desk, in every pocket, from a collaboration perspective, yeah. Whoa. Be it an app or, or be it a, a bit kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I was, is it, so I, I, this room kits, do, do I have to have this as an on-premise thing? As in, is it is it still part of the Spark Cloud yeah, service? Yeah, no, good question. So we... Good, did a good job as per usual of confusing the mask the market we put it spark room <laughs> you seen, kit you, yeah, yeah okay um in indicating that it's spark only so therefore cloud registered but actually the room kits can be on premise or cloud so would you register that to your communication manager, manager? manager or directly to spark yeah i thought we could have to call a communication manager call manager communication manager that's right all the listeners out there they've all been part of cisco for a long time so okay. it all works it all works all right okay so yeah so you don't so the Spark room kit is not just for Spark; it's for any on-prem or cloud. On-prem yeah. cloud, wonderful, yeah. great. So, moving on, what's yeah. next? So, um, as we move towards cloud, so it's good, good segue, bringing in the whole um, on-prem or cloud stuff. Um, as you meet in the cloud, you know, WebEx is is probably our biggest and most well-known cloud service. Um, it actually is the second largest software as a cloud service well, what's in the, the biggest? world. Salesforce. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, you know, we've been a cloud player for a very, very long time in the collaboration space. Um, but the difficulty is you're at the mercy of the internet. That's the problem with cloud, right? You know, you break out of your network. You've no longer got quality of service being applied to your media. You know, it's voice and video. That's really important. Um, so you can have bad experiences. You know, you're at the mercy of the internet, or that network that you're on at the coffee shop or the service station. Um, so as our customers move towards cloud, they want some assurances around the quality of those experiences. Now, if you're trying to move your workforce to a digital workforce, to a 
collaborative workforce, working more as teams, using video as part of that. Uh, those experiences have to be better than what you're doing today, otherwise just default back to what you've always done, which might mm-hmm. be an audio call or an audio bridge of some sort. So large organizations are a bit nervous about moving video, that rich media, to the cloud. So what we're trying to do is add MediaNode. Um, a MediaNode is a way of keeping that media on-premise. So although I might be using a cloud service such as Spark and might be using my app or a video endpoint that's registered to the cloud, when I'm in that call, if I'm on a call with someone else that's in my network, such as a, you know within Cisco, a fellow Cisco colleague that's using Spark, then that media will stay on-premise. So Mark the actual video data. call itself will just stay within, within yeah. your network, so you won't hairpin out to the cloud. And Don't hairpin again. out to the cloud, no tromboning, if you like. So we, again, we maintain those experiences. We minimize the risk of the internet. Now, of course, if someone does join via a WebEx or Spark or another third-party video endpoint and they are connecting via the cloud, well, then, again, we're only having one connection from the premise network out to the conferencing platform out in the cloud, not all of us joining via the cloud and, and hairpinning. So it's about maintaining these experiences. So phase one was uh, anyone with a Spark app um, or Spark Red endpoint would be able to utilize MediaNode. Phase two, we've just just releasing, which is WebEx. Anyone joining via WebEx now can remain um, on-premise from media perspective. And then the final piece would be audio. So if you think about those audio calls within something like a Spark app, um, we can keep those on-premise again so we're avoiding that hairpinning via the internet, maintaining the quality of the service. Now let's just be clear, the WebEx as, it's, as itself has over 20 nodes around the world. We've got our own fiber pulled between them. So once you're in the WebEx cloud, you're, a, a, you're cloud. on a dedicated network. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the best cloud out there. But right? then the thing is, though, if we, even if we're sat in the same room on doing a WebEx, we're st- mm. our, our audio call and the video of it will go all the way to the cloud, yeah. even though it's a really good cloud, yeah. and come back down yeah. again. And that puts a lot of, um, you know, a lot, lot of pressure on the WAN. Uh, or, or defers cost from your network or the cloud service onto your one, right? So, again, by putting MediaNode in, we can defer cost. And how, because um, I always think about it from, I, I mean, obviously I'm a user of mm. multiple, you know, collaboration tools, message tools, business messaging, and, and sometimes it feels like, oh, just it doesn't matter what the application is, there's a message mm. there and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, interacting that way. But, but we also know even, you know, internally in Cisco, there's new things that come along and there's probably a bit of a spectrum as to early adopters and, and, mm. and people who... But what, what, what sort of things do, uh, do you see that our customers do to just really encourage that adoption of the right solution, be it one of these? You know, how, how do we get them excited and attracted by, you know, what we've what we've got and how we use it yeah it always needs to be seeing as believing this stuff absolutely mm-hmm. you know if you see it people believe believe in it and are more likely to adopt it new way of working um it's about identifying those those really nice niche benefit business benefit cases right you know it, it, this technology there's quite often even within cisco we've deployed technology for technology's sake mm. um and you know when a deployment works because the adoption is just goes naturally through the roof yeah. um so the tools need to fit, be the, they need to be fit the purpose of the, of the role that the person's doing. Um, and, and that's the best thing you can do, really, is what are those roles that require team collaboration? What are those roles that maybe people are working across offices or countries or continents? You know, that video is going to enable a richer experience. Uh, you're going to build up a more of a rich rapport with someone. Um, and, and that's where Spark's really good, is that I can have kind of a chat with you rather than a scripted email where I have to kind of top and tail it. Um, but I can easily escalate that to a voice or a video call. And because that's m- kind of on a mobile rather than in a in a corporate office, in a corporate office meeting room, again, it's a bit more, I guess, it feels a bit more ad hoc, feels a bit more personal, 
feels a bit more real, if you like, you know, because you're getting people, you're not worried about where you are when you're answering a spark call on your mobile. There could be anything going on in the background, right? So you're going to get a perspective into where I am in the world, maybe my family situation or, or, or just where I am right now traveling the streets or something, right? Mm. So it just feels a bit more human, I think. Mm. Cool. So, um, so that media node then, going back to the original point, mm. just, so that works on, on what? So that's WebEx, Spark? Yeah, so Spark, first of all, uh, WebEx has, has been added recently, and then the next piece is audio. Um, so what do you mean by audio? So that will be, what do you mean by audio? Because obviously they all sort of have audio. So Spark audio. Oh, so Spark, if I'm doing oh, Spark an audio call. Only call. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, we'll be able to keep that rather than hairpinning again via, via, via the... Um, so when you talk about cloud. Spark originally, it was about more uh, video. So Spark yeah, video Spark call. video calling it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, all you do is uh, spin up a UCS server that meets the specs of the media node and you're away to go. Um, in terms of capacity, you can just keep clustering or, or increasing the size of your, your, your server. Um, of course, the experience is seamless. So from a user, I don't, I don't care if my company's got a media node or not, it's down to experience. I shouldn't really ma- it shouldn't really matter whether I'm receiving a cloud ex- How do you know if you, if you need one? Is it, do you wait till you get complaints or is there a way of knowing that actually, okay, I can see I, I, you mean I don't know it's a bit of a weird question but I, yeah, when, no, I when do you know if, you, if I've bought because you can just sign up to, to WebEx can't you yeah so if you've and got you can just sign up to Spark, Spark you can just spin up a media node you don't have to prescribe to it necessarily um, <coughs> what you can what, I mean I guess the main point about it is if you've got lots of collaboration internally and you don't want that hairpinning out to the, the internet then put a media node in okay if the majority of your collaboration is external then you absolutely go out to cloud. Then you go, because then you're going out There's to cloud, your yeah, customers or your partners, anyway. yeah. the other companies you're speaking to are all organizations, they're already connected into the cloud anyway. So it's mainly if it's your internal, in, internal, internal Correct. communication. Cool. So we've, um, on the last WebEx we did, uh, not WebEx, you got me talking thing about WebEx now. On the last uh, podcast we did with Zubair, we, yeah, I know, yeah, no, it is, isn't it? It is indoctrination. Are you, are you, a, are you an adopter? Do you, do you use all tools or do you try and... I on? use most probably too many. I've got about four different messengers right. on my desktop that I use. I know, I, Spark you, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got Jabber. Uh, which is WhatsApp. another one which we're going to talk about in WhatsApp, a second. Probably, yeah. uh, maybe, I mean, okay, yes, I do WhatsApp, <laughs> but that's for family and uh, personal use. Yes. Uh, and then I have messages as well on because I do. I'm a user of the Apple devices, mm. so yeah, some messages in there. So it saves me. So they always just think I'm really quick at typing on my phone, and I'm going not because I'm answering it on my key, on my keyboard on my Mac. So that's that's the. <laughs> And I write illusion. massive sentences, and they go, "Why are you texting?" I'm going, "No, I'm on keyboard." <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got four different. So anything of them could pop up at any one time. So and it all depa- of your messages appear to all of your family? No. Oh, right. No, no. If I'm on the WhatsApp, on our family WhatsApp group. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah. But, but I have one of those. It's allowed. It's allowed, yeah. It's great for coordination. The thing is that we don't have our parents on it. So it's kids only. <laughs> as in, uh, like, not my mum and dad. But they don't, they don't even have multimedia phones. So it's basically we just talk about them on it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about my mum and dad. And organize like trips out with them and stuff like that and yeah and then there yeah, so the, slowly the kids are getting involved my kids aren't on it yet but my nieces and her and my nephew are on it so it's like slowly the i think the, the group get, is expanding the group's expanding and but it's i'm not sure i, I keep saying to my, my daughter say, just join the whatsapp group i don't know oh, okay fine yeah, and my son maybe just maybe that's already old hat 
Use well, she just uses yeah, Instagram for everything. So they're not using Facebook or anything like that either. Yeah, right? well, they, they, she just uses Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's well, so Snapchat is an interesting one because I basically I've, I've decided to download it simply so I can communicate with uh, my daughter, who, when it comes to texting or WhatsApp, is let's just say inconsistent. And uh, and but it's a whole new, it's a whole new ballgame. Yeah. Like just it, it's not it, to me. It's not that intuitive in terms of how you use it, but to her, it's completely intuitive. And the interesting thing, I was I was giving my, my daughter a lift uh, and her friend a lift the other day, and they just said, "Oh yeah, we're on." It's either Instagram or Snapchat. Well, they could just see where everybody was. So they were going to this party, and they're going, "Well, we're not going yet because everyone's not everyone's there yet." And so they're all sat there looking at this, going, and there's like a little, I don't know, emojis or little icons showing that where everybody was. And I'm like, "This is just that's, that's scary." It's scary. It was scary, and and uh, yeah, and I dropped her off for this this gathering of young people. I'm not calling it a party. It's <laughs> <laughs> a gathering of young people. I'm, I'm kind of moving away from the whole social media thing. If anything, you know, I've ditched Instagram, ditched Snapchat. Probably so close to ditching Facebook, and you know, it's just full of. I don't do Facebook, as, as most probably many listeners who've been looking me up on Facebook and want to connect with me. Uh, obviously not, but uh, that's a whole queue of them. I've yeah, heard. I don't do Facebook because I just on the principle of when I, when I look at my wife, all she's doing is that that scrolling up with the thumb. Oh, yeah, not yeah. not swiping left and right, no. No, she's going up. I'm just looking at. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, don't be rude. Um, <laughs> And then she just looks at it. She says, hey, look, what are you doing? Just looking at Facebook, catching up. Well, if any of those people were interested, you'd have picked up the phone or give them a text. But you don't. You just rely on Facebook. It, it definitely had its time and place, I think. I don't know. I think you look at the rest of the world. I think Schwarz Zuckerberg's doing a great job. And it's, there's loads of people out there. So <laughs> the only one I do is Twitter, as, as hopefully people listen. We've got Spark. We, and we talked about that in the last uh, the last collaboration yep. podca- uh, podcast and but the thing is that we got Jabba and, and we're talking mm. so the re- right I remembered where we were going with this because we've got lots of different messages but from a Cisco perspective we've got Jabba yes and we've got Spark yes so what's got yeah we we I guess we released Spark and we went very hard to market with Spark 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 yet we've got the number one tool in the world in our toolbox and that's Jabber. and I'm not just saying that because I work at Cisco it is the number one UC what do you mean by number one so fully used soft client in the world is Jabber. a lot of people might think does that mean um, what does that mean the number of business. So people using it number of people using it in its full entity so full IM entity. presence voice video voicemail so like, like we use it in Cisco UC stack yeah like we use it in Cisco and like a lot of our partners and our customers use it um, Microsoft have a lot of link out there a lot of Skype for Business out there but it's like the free version you know just Iron Presence and peer-to-peer voice well there is a free version of Jabba you know you buy one license everyone in, within your company can use the free version of Jabba and have peer-to-peer voice video Iron Presence so it's the you know and that's not just Cisco saying that that's the analysts say that as well you know, there's far more versions full versions of Jabba deployed than there are um, Skype for Business or, or, or the equivalent link so we're in a market-leading position, um, but you know, as we've seen, as companies move towards cloud or they digitalize their business, um, or if they don't, you can you know upstarts or new you know new, new starters can can take your market very very quickly. So we've done a lot of disruption within Cisco by going down a Spark route. You know, this whole instant message presence is a different world from team messaging uh, and group chats. Um, and rather than kind of take Jabber to the cloud, we thought, you know what, to do cloud properly, you need to re-engineer it. Mobile first is a different proposition. You know, the way you deploy Jabber, 
the way you engineer Jabra is very different to the way you deploy a cloud service. Now, a Jabra client will be updated maybe every six months, maybe a year at best when you're a great core manager. Um, but oh, that's cloud, when it happens, is but it? But cloud service, you know, you can get an upgrade every couple of weeks. You know, when was the last time your WhatsApp was upgraded? You don't know, right? You just get a new feature. This week. And that's the idea of Spark, right? So it's a different, different way of engineering it. It was I did. this week, was it? It was this week. Hmm. And then I updated it on my phone, and then, and then it went all a bit weird. And I only had phone numbers, and then I, then I rebooted my laptop, and it all worked again. Or I closed it down and, reboot and restarted it again. Okay. Big wait button. Yeah. yeah. So we pivoted probably away from Jabber too much. Um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, Jabber's not perfect for everyone. Spark's not perfect for everyone. So um, <clears throat> what you're going to start seeing is an and. It's not an or, it's, it's an and, you know. So you might have some back office users that the best client for them, the way they work is Jabber. But for the highly mobile, highly agile people that are out on the streets, maybe Spark's the right Yeah, because the interesting thing, the way I use it and I, is I, if I want to do, say, say soft phone, mm. awesome. Presence, awesome for Jabber. I'm yep. talking about now. Um, chatting, just one-to-one conversations, uh, great. Um, like I want to do a video call. If I'm not at my desk, most of the time, if I'm not at my desk at home, I will just default to Jabba on my laptop as a way of communicating. And Spark is, well, I've got a team one. I've got a team Spark room. So if I want to talk, speak to any very quickly, get a question out there, get a response fairly quickly because somebody in the team will answer it. Yep. Um, but then also from a project base because we've got a podcast Spark room. Yep. So when we're talking about, so it's project specific as well. So there's team stuff, project specific stuff. And that's where it fits because it's just stuff you throw up there and especially with the sharing of the files yep. as well. So, oh yeah, here's the presentation or when we did the schedule for this podcast. Yep. So we've got a podcast Spark room, threw it in there for Sophie and Mark for, um, to, so we've all got it there in one place. And we can go back and check what we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, you're going to see a lot more of those one-to-one capabilities from Jabber coming into Spark. So you've already got one-to-one chats with people. We've got presence in there now. You'll soon have phone control. <clears throat> so you'll be able to have Spark control your devices like you do in Jabber today. Um, but the main the main focus is really the, the answer, how do I migrate my workforce from a Jabber soft client towards a Spark as a client? Because they're going to want the same or, though, aren't they? Or how do I mix the, the environments? Um, so we're going to be releasing presence capabilities between two, file sharing capabilities between two, screen sharing, all that cool stuff you use in Jabba, all that cool stuff you use in Spark is going to be interoperable. Well, that's good. I like saying that. Because <coughs> I'm at the moment, I sort of, I, I, I'm a bit like you, I kind of split between the two tools. Yeah, yeah, on... and I do. And I, it, it just depends. You know, I've got, mm. Like I said, I've got four, but two for social, two for work. Yeah, and within Cisco now, at the moment, you have to go, right, who, what are you using? All right, so I have to communicate to you on that. The interesting well, one is like, I thought Spark, forward, yeah, it? I think Spark is a, okay, let's start a Spark room or we've got a Spark room for our team or for this project um, where instant messaging, you go, I'll just, I'll just go on there and look for you on there and try but, and find you from a We've been talking perspective. about things like, um, you know, I don't know, the death of email mm. or, or email being replaced and it's never really got to that point. But as I've used Spark, and this is just as a sort of, I guess, an unbiased user, I found that more useful for a lot of the function that you would you would have previously used email for. Now I know there's yeah. loads of stuff you you know you then need to search and there's, but as a, as a general rule, there's now a lot more that you can kind of do on Spark that's easy. Mean, I'm than sure if group. you yeah, I'm sure if you did that analysis of right, how many things, how many how many less emails have I sent? Yeah. And I think it'll be percentile. Yeah. You mean single digit, but it'll be. But if I've sent less emails, because it would be like, instead of going out one to the team, into email, into Outlook, going, hi, everybody, can anybody tell me when 
so and so is going to be available. Well, I just stick it in the, in the spark room. Bang, it's done. Everyone's no, seen no, it. You avoid the points, and everyone's seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and great. everyone's seen it, and you can see you can see who's seen it, and then somebody will respond. Yeah, you really. avoid those massive mail threads, don't you? Yeah, and you just mail go on there very quickly, don't you? And you can go oh, answer the question. Bang, right there, that's it. That's one less email in my inbox. Yeah, and for me, it's the I guess one of the big light bulb moments was coming back off holiday. I'd been away for a couple Ooh. of weeks. <clears throat> my email inbox was only three, four hundred emails, which was a lot less than would normally be you know be in the thousands I, I see I get um, OCD on that I'd be, I'd be really uh, yeah you get a bit worried that's right? still a lot um, the best thing you can do control alt delete <laughs> it's uh, very empowering yeah um, squeaky bum wasn't it um, yeah instead of a squeaky chair <laughs> but someone's got something squeaky it was when I tried to catch up on, the, on those projects that have been running whilst I was away now obviously with an email you can search by um, topic mm. or, or title with an email um, but then you get maybe a, there's four or five threads within the same topic and you'd read the first one and go, oh, right, okay. Then you maybe skip to the last and be like, oh, okay, my mind's just melted. What's happened? And some clever person has asked a different question within the same email same thread. thread. So then you're like, damn, I've got to read the whole, every single email now and it gets confusing. Whereas I went into Spark, if all my projects were in Spark, I could see where it was when I left the project so instead of reading what, the, where they were yeah. now and I could see so you how just scroll back in time to the day yeah. you went on leave and just yeah. scroll through scroll through it's still a lot of reading though isn't it but. It's, well, it's quick so just if you think the way Spark is it's not the oh hi yeah, I hope you're doing well you know blah 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 how's the family it's just, and, you're, and you're repeating the conversation this, you, have you got that? Yeah. when you're going through the thread you're just repeating the, you've seen the, the, the repeat of it yeah. all the way through the exactly, thread where exactly. you just go all I've got is anything new any so new messages in the in Spark in Spark it took me maybe half a day to get up to speed on all my projects within email if I hadn't done control or delete, it'd have, been, it'd have been days. You, well, yeah, you, you yeah. and I generally spend the first day. Do you fail everything? Do you? Do you have yeah, to yeah, yeah, never delete anything. It's all evidence, oh, yeah. though. It's all evidence. I'm, I'm an email admin. I, I drag well, and I've drop. I've asked you to do something. Maintain to innocence, they call that. Yeah, it? well, <laughs> mean, mean, yeah, mean time to innocence, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, drag and drop monkey. That's what you are in email, right? Yeah, well, I'm a drag and drop monkey. What's this abuse Justin day? I, was, uh, I like that, though. Yeah. Can we? No, we won't. We won't concentrate on that. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not concentrate on that. But I do drag and drop them into my folders. I do file everything yeah. though. There are different types of people. Because there are those who who need to file and remove the inbox down yeah, to yeah. you know zero. Whereas I I don't take that approach because I can't keep up with the filing. Mm. I mean, especially over multiple years. So I just do sort of on mass archiving. Yeah. Oh dear! No, it's the end of the year. Oh, it says 2016 delete. Mm. <laughs> no, I just I just because I have projects. There's there's a there's a folder with you in as well. Is it? Yeah. That's slightly concerning. Well, not just you, but there's a folder where all your mails go into. Oh, right, okay. And there's a podcast Is that auto- automatically set up? No. Auto-junk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crap file. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're getting... We're getting uh, right, so this we, we're going on the bit of the podcast. I know we've been dithering around a bit, but it's because it's we've got Joachim here, so it's all part of having a new experience. Um, so, yeah, so we, 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 we were prepping without Joachim, so we actually got to the point really quickly. Yeah. Um, we, we, we talked about... Uh, an acquisition that we've made and yes. it was quite exciting because it was like and it's a bit of a follow up from where um, you left off with Zubair so Zubair was talking a lot about around Spark and intuitive meetings experiences um, and, and how we're trying to automate a lot of the functions that you'd have to go through as an individual to join a meeting you know think about WebEx you know I click on the link it opens up WebEx I click on the thing to call me back I then maybe answer it put in a participant code right, right, you know, it's a number of clicks to get to a meeting um, Spark simplifies that a lot. You just hit the big green button, bang. Because Spark, you're supposed to walk in the room. It'll sense that you, because you, your your proximity from the Spark 
board with your yeah. phone. You're connected via the cloud. Going, you know, your app is connected so it knows where you are, the board, and then it goes or, yeah. just in. You're late for a meeting, or you're due to be on a meeting. Do you want to start it now? Well, that's where we're going. Yeah. So we've re- recently, literally, in the last couple of months, made an acquisition called MindMeld, which is going to help us develop our thought processing around cogn- thought process. cognitive collaboration. Think about contextual collaboration. So, um, what does that mean? What you were talking about was, you know, hey, Spark, join my meeting. You know, it knows you're in the room because you've got the app on your phone. You, it's with proximity, you know, to the video endpoint or the Spark board. It knows that Justin or or, or Joachim or myself Hopefully are in the room, Joachim. right? Um, so why not? You know, if you think about the evolution of the interfaces we've been using, right? So yeah. when we started in the workplace with laptops or desktops years ago, the device we used was a keyboard. Then we migrate towards the mouse. More recently, we've migrated towards the touchscreen. Um, but if you think about what's happening in your home lives now, in your consumer space, you're talking to bots. You know, Siri so is a bot. Alexia is a bot. MindMeld could give us the capability to have a bot within Spark. Um, so you I just think go, this is demoed. Join, so you, you could run into your room, join meeting, yeah. email. So you're like, hey, Spark, join, join my two o'clock. Yeah, and it would dial that video endpoint or smart board into your two o'clock meeting. It's a bit like it's a bit like Siri, except Siri really struggles with accents. Yeah. I've noticed. So we need to do something about that. We need to have a spark. I, I, yeah, because I got two for regional accents Ooh. such as mine. But they're all they're all improving, right? So I think Apple have just regional. released one. Google have got one now. You know, all the main players in the consumer space have gone down this route. So it makes sense if you think about where Spark's positioned. It's very much a consumer style app. Um, it's taking cues from the consumer market. Um, it makes sense to be able to add, you know, cognitive collaboration. You know, to be able to speak. How far are we away with this then? Oh, you know that that would be uh, that's a that's a no. I, in the sense it's, of it's, it's, it's roadmap. It's roadmap, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. you mean we've months, we've, we've, we've acquired we've acquired this con- company, but uh, so that's the thing. Is it this well, year? Demo. Next so year? Is it Jens Megas demoed it six months ago? At, is it Cisco Live what, in Europe or one of the events? In fact, he, he used Monica. Was he said, "Hey Monica," rather than "Hey Spark." And I think there's been another is that one called since Monica. Using, yeah, and there's been another one since. Why is it always using, women names using Spark? So it's not can't be far away. I don't think you can't be far away at all. You think about where we're going. So no one's going to say. <laughs> Scott said on the podcast <laughs> it was out. It's going to be out next week. <laughs> but it's it's just trying to say. You mean how in the generic terms? You mean are we talking years away? Oh, we'll have we'll have something in the market within a year. I'm yeah. pretty sure of that. Yeah, it can't it can't. Be we won't hold you to it. Right. It's, it's nice. If you think about it, it's available now. To your point, it's available now as a yeah. consumer. If you you know to 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 do various. Everyone's been doing. You I mean Siri's been around a while. Alexa's yeah. been around. Google have been doing well, it. Yeah. So, so why not just have an interface between Siri and a phone and Spark as an application? So you can go, hey Siri, schedule a meeting within Spark with Justin at two p.m. In fact, Siri's just trying to do that now. By the looks of it. So yeah, what? Why have? Why do we type? all this stuff now I mean I do a lot on Siri already for me it's in the car it's just getting friends getting stuff done in the car is great because I just go the the problem is is that I go hey Siri and everyone's phone my phone's going off now a bit I'm just checking mine isn't oh it is it is is. any accent it is it is my phone's just gone (laughs) it's starting to do stuff Um, so I could say hey so and so um, without my phone going off Uh, email I generally text people with, with it that's what I do I'm in the yeah. car 
And well, we were doing this a while ago within Cisco, right? So I remember within when I was in IT, this is going back some years, uh, eight years. You're not that old. Yeah, I've been around a long time. You might have a bit of grey hair, but and you're not that old. we used to be able to dial a, was it just a star or hash on the phone, pick it up, say the person's name, and automatically go to the directory and say, oh, do you mean Justin Woolen? And it would come up with some weird response. Joachim Mason. <laughs> but you'd teach it. And the next time you said it, it would dial that person straight away. So yeah. this technology has been around a long time. Yeah, because it's in the car as well. I mean, I've got so I've got Siri. Yeah. If I want to do anything with my phone, so I'll do that, and then I'll but then I'll use the the voice command button on my mm. car yeah. to dial people as well. So yeah, and I think it'll navigation, like you mean now, is like enter postcode. Yeah, and you just speak like to it, right? Yeah, yeah, I speak to it, but then I can never remember my postcode. So yeah. I think it was going to come around. It's going to pivot around personal and care assistance. What I mean by the personal is know matching a question so a lot of the way we use alexia or siri today is you know hey what's the weather in las vegas today or hot yeah or or when's my next train leave to london and it already knows where you live so therefore where your nearest station is and it's doing a database dip so that's kind of personal assistant Uh, i get it now i was like (laughs) where you're going with the next one will be around care assistance you know so um a lot of those frequently asked questions you'll ask of a of a supplier, you know, you're buying a TV or a car or whatever it might be, you know, you're having to go through a long interactive voice response to speak to someone at a desk. Well, most of those questions are probably pretty standard. So why not have an automated care assistant, you know, a bot that you kind of speak to, natural you mean language, like customer services. but then it responds back to you. And all it's doing is being a bot, looking into the database, matching key phrases with part of your question and coming back with a response. What I was imagining there, have you seen that film, Big Hero 6? Yeah. Have you seen that? That's a that's a big massive robot that takes that takes inflatable robot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where it's going. You can have one of them. I'm going to delete that out. Room. In every room. <laughs> Don't underestimate though. This stuff is seriously complex. If you think about <clears throat> what is the weather in Vegas today, it's the what, the where, and the time, and it's having to translate your dialect, mm. um, and as well as the, you know your nouns and your verbs and your pronouns, all this stuff match that then into a database or multiple databases to then form a response, then come back to you with a spoken sentence that makes sense as well. Wow. It's very, very complex. That's, that's, that's getting me overexcited, isn't it? It's yeah. just because it just, the thing is that thing of like not having to use the keyboard when yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. So it's all, that's all bots and assistants. And if you're using Spark today, we've got tons of bots in there. The obvious ones are French to English translation or German to English translation or Spanish to English. Oh, Weather bots. Um, Sales Connect. Sales Connect. There's not many people speaking Danish, are there? The, the, call, the call for no, it. Not anyone of any credibility. No, no, yeah. They all speak English. Are there any famous Danish Danish. people? Hans Christian Andersen, although he's long dead. Mm. He wrote some tales, didn't he? Fairy tales, yeah. That was uh, going back to the spark bots because there are there's loads of interesting ones. I know some some of the guys in uh, in one of the teams where they, they type something in and it gives them the basically the travel situation leaving one of our offices and say well I want to go home and it will give the best route, best route back, route. which I thought was cool. Yeah, one of my favourite ones is where is so I can I can put into a bot where is Joachim Mason mm. and it'll tell me what building, what floor, and what desk you're sat at. Mm. That's quite just cool. So that leads stalky. to more face-to-face meetings, which is quite nice. Yeah. All the uh, calendar ones, quite good. All the meeting room is. Uh, so you can put in what building you're in, what level you're in, and then turn all the free meetings. Are just quite sort cool. of available because you know about them, or are they sort of you know? Because I, I, in all honesty, if I knew about some of those, I'd use them more often. Yeah. The, the, there's 
no mechanism. So this is our internal version of Spark. Right, okay. um, although a lot of the bots have been put into our depot, our marketplace, you know, kind of our Apple or Google store for, for, for Spark, if you like. Um, and you can search on there and there's descriptions about them. But a lot of the ones we're using within Cisco have just been written by you know, the guy sat to you Obvious, in the seat next yeah, to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can search for them, but only like you would search for a person or a space or a file, mm. um, and then just add them and play with them. That'd be, that'd be really interesting. That would really bring it to life, yeah. wouldn't it? With all, all of those things. Because, because I think for some, Spark is still that team messaging yeah. sort of, you know, it's quite closely related to any other sort of chat clients yeah. or whatever that you would, you would use. If we were starting to use it in those ways with, with, with the bots, that that takes it to a yeah. whole new level. That, that's that's its unique selling point, mm. which, as a go-to-market strategy, we're only just getting started on at Cisco. And I think yeah. once Cisco internal IT pick up Spark, and it's now been approved because we meet all the compliance and security requirements, their focus will be around the bot integration. You know, mm. being able to submit your expenses, being able to request holiday vacation through through Spark, all that sort of stuff. You're not. It's it's anymore. an absolute no-brainer. Thank you. Um, why why wouldn't you? Um, I mean, one of the most popular ones is email to Spark or Spark to email. You know, so chats have gone in Spark, chuck the uh, Spark to email bot in, that's instantly in an email thread with all the people in the space added to the to list. Or, or vice versa, if you've got a big thread within an email, put add that to the um, email to, to Spark bot, and then you've got the whole email thread, all the people, all, all automatically in a room. There's some really, really cool stuff around mm. the automation, and that's where it's that personal assistant. That's what a bot is. So taking this on hmm. from just being able to chat to things bots and, and bot, chat yeah. to bots and assistants is is going on to the the visual side of things. Yeah, so obviously we own the software and the hardware at Cisco. That's again another unique selling point at Cisco. You know, we're not just a software as in house. We make, as in the, as in we make the hardware that like the room the room kits. We make and the, the like. phones, the video endpoints, um, the room kits, and we also control the software, the apps that, that drive a lot of this stuff from your devices. So. The next obvious one is is what we we'll call computer vision, um, if if that's going to make sense. So we're already doing uh, within the room kits um, facial recognition. Now it's not saying oh you are Justin, you are Joachim. It's counting the number of people that have actually turned up to a video call. So if you think about, it used to be that we'd put in um, an algorithm and say, okay, if you have a, a video call between London and Edinburgh, we'll assume you've saved this much on a flight this much on a hotel um, but what we couldn't tell was how many people were in that meeting at each end whereas now with with uh, visual um, computation we can tell how many people have actually turned up to that meeting at each location wow. so you can get deeper and richer on the analytics of how much return because on that's, investment yeah, that's, have we, that's, have we that's the interesting piece because when you look at that from a when you look at that from uh, the conversation I've been having with, say, for example, universities who are looking at using Wi-Fi to help understand room occupancy. Yeah. So you can, you mean, so what this allows is another source of analytical information. So I've got face recognition to say how many people turned up for a meeting to um, using the Wi-Fi as well, to using door entry systems. Mm. You could get a really good accurate, accurate, with all these different analytics coming in, you could get a really good understanding of how, well occupancy of your business how well your meeting rooms are being used how well your video video endpoints are being used so and I'm so quite, just i'm quite happy they didn't have that technology when i was a student and they were checking attendance in yeah. the lecture theaters then no they're not i'm saying they're checking lecture theaters they don't, don't don't know that Joachim turned up for a lecture it's about when a room is being booked for example will seat 100 students and only 20 students regularly turn up so that that oh, lecture does, change the that time academic or, yeah. doesn't need a a, a hundred seated room. Yeah. He needs a twenty seated room. Yeah. 
That's why. Right. That's all right then. <laughs> but if we turn this back onto the video again, so sorry, sorry, we that's all right. So okay, we're now counting the people. Well, within a Facebook type social app, I can tag people. Now, once I've tagged them, I don't necessarily have to tag them again and again and again. They're normally tagged whenever I upload a photo. So if I've tagged you, Justin, as part of our network, video network, our media network, and Joachim walks into the room, but I don't know who Joachim is, I've never seen him before, yet I get a little name above his head saying that's Joachim Mason. Brilliant. I now know as a, a, a BN to a video call, everyone that's in the room opposite me. Whereas, you know, if we've not done a round table or I've joined the meeting late and I've not been part of that kind of kickoff to that meeting, I now know when different people are speaking because there's just a little bubble that kind of tracks them within yeah. the room. You know, you can take it, you know, once you're doing that kind of first base kind of facial recognition, once you then add tagging, you can start adding deeper analytics to not, well, not what type of person was that room then you know maybe know their pay grade what their normal their default office is you can then get even deeper into the ROI if that's what you, where you want to take it yeah. or it's just a case of actually I now know who's in the meeting because mm -hmm. it's interesting though isn't it I mean I ended up doing a conference call this morning um, and it was a traditional conference call and it felt so antiquated because I didn't mm. have a clue who was talking and you sort of trying to recognise voices mm. and you feel like you have to introduce yourself as I and say hello it's Justin here talking and because people just don't know and you just get yeah. so used to even the experience from Webex where you know who's talking and when somebody comes on as a dial-in user you say who's that dial-in user yeah. and they go oh it's Scott so I yeah. update the name even though it's manually done yeah. but having that done on a, a real-time basis from a video yeah. perspective as well so you can go in the room and, and go, Webex used to just change the name call in yeah. user one you type the name in right yeah. call in mm. user two as you went down the roster yeah. you type them in so you know who was speaking but in video that's it's hard, really hard to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, it is, isn't it? But that's that's the type of the the um, the experience I'm having is yeah. when you. Um, but when you go back, that's the thing that was experienced this mm. morning. I went back in time. It felt like because I'm on a traditional conference call, typing in a number, pressing hash for the code, and I'm like, painful. Yeah. yeah. It Ten was steps to a meeting. It when well, all we well, have it to was do is like loads of presses of like so I had to dial the number. It wasn't like click click click. Yeah. Even though you mean Webex is mm. click to join. Um, well, we which have, number do you want to dial you on? So at the moment dial we've got me. one click meetings with that big green button. I reckon again by the end of maybe this calendar year, certainly mid next year, we'll have touchless meetings, and that's with the hey spark dial my meeting. Yeah, yeah and that's or, what you want join because meeting. you could be doing stuff because what yeah. you want to, generally the thing that delays you getting onto a spark into a into a, a webex meeting or a video or whatever, it's it's the okay um, and maybe it's just a cultural thing but say okay we got to call at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I'll join the call at two. But by the time you've joined and clicked on the other things, you could just go right. Even if Spark Spark goes, you ready to join the your two o'clock? Yeah, join because then you can. That's all happening in the background yeah. while you're just maybe closing up what you were finishing doing. Well, the other frustrating thing could be is that you end a meeting. It's a very you know very successful meeting. It's over running a little bit, but I just we're just to get into the actions bit. I don't want to join my next meeting because normally we schedule them literally on the hour or half hour, right? But I don't actually know whether someone's joined my next meeting or not. Whereas if I could actually see who had already joined that meeting, oh. whether via video or via WebEx, we could actually do it quite easily because you actually can't log in. It's right? just sort of one at a if time, I'm isn't it? If I from a video endpoint, I don't know that someone's dialed in from a video or that Joachim's waiting for me in, in the meeting room. Whereas if we were able to add that facial recognition to it and I could actually see a preview of my meeting, oh, actually, the main person I'm waiting for hasn't joined yet. Now let's carry on all the actions in this meeting. 
Yeah, and, and, and that's it. It can I don't lead know. to lots of benefits. Well, it is, and it just helps. To, it is is moving from that. I mean, it's going to make physic. It's going to sort of really be that. I wouldn't say death of the physical meeting, but you think I've got to run room from one room to another to another. Now that's great when I'm in the office and you're sort of meeting people, and it's good to have face time with people as it is uh, normally. The bit is then moving that to having a better experience. So if I'm working from home or I'm in an office and I'm just going to be doing video calls or WebExes, it's just being able to move from there. Oh, people aren't on the next one. We can carry on talking. Okay, people have started to join the other one. Now we're going to end the call here and, we'll, and, I'll, sit, and I'll speak to you again. But having yeah. that allow you to move between your digital meetings yeah. in a really smooth and efficient way that doesn't allow you to go click, end, mm. click, join. And that's that back to that intuitive meeting experience again which is kind of what Zubair was pushing at last time. Yeah. What Spark is really pivoting around. It's a meetings experience. It's yeah, it's just a digital meeting, isn't yeah. it? It is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But, I mean, we've, this is stuff has been around this technology for a long time, but we've not been able to do it because it's the compute power required to compute a, a, f- a spoken phrase or to recognize Justin. Does just need massive servers. Me. There you go, you're happy now. Because um, what, what's happening is, um, it's basically, to do the facial recognition, it's taking a measurement from the point of your nose to the top of your forehead. Or is from, it? From your point of your nose to the outside of your right brow, then the point of your nose to the outside of your left brow, then point of your nose. Yeah, I keep going to see point of your nose. <laughs> I get the point. Hey! <laughs> um, so it's having to take all these. And if that's just looking straight on, you've then got the side profile of your face as well. So this is a lot of compute power. It's only really with the latest chipsets you're able to put yeah, the all super, this super, into. Super, super, super Cisco UCS servers. Yeah. That's for you. But that is, you know, there's a lot of that stuff you talk about, you know, computing moving out mm. to the edge, you know, in lots of different forms, small devices, cars, you, you know, the edge of the network. That is... You, you, you and an endpoint as well, yeah, yeah. Within, within, within the endpoint as well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So then you move away from facial recognition to object re- uh, recognition. So hey. what if I could be sat at home on a video call, but rather than having my background in my home office, I could actually just give me the background of a Cisco office in Bedford Lakes. That's cheating. Well, green screen. Yeah. To, in someone did that once. They, 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 they put like a, a cardboard. There's a projector pull down a, or something. Yeah. Of a picture behind them and then it fell over. Yeah. Or maybe they. You know, I could be walking the streets in London. That's going to be off You could change to, it. I'm going to be walking customer. around New York. <laughs> quite like the well, sound yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah so just maybe change. it's just made taking the complexity out of that background, make it a plain background rather than moving cars or whatever. And then again, that's consuming less bandwidth for that video call. Because when we're on a video call, we're only showing the content that changes. Well, if I've got cars and buses whizzing around behind me, but you get the that's going to drive up the bandwidth, the right? Computes. So if we cut that out and put a plain background, like an wow. office wall, or a, you know, if you want a golf course or a beach, but as long as it's static, it's just a static image, we're reducing the bandwidth, improving that user experience again, and you know. I don't know. I think we just end up taking the mickey out of it. It's it's certainly um, open to abuse. Yeah, I don't. It'd be nice. I mean, I, I mean, we all thought, funny enough, because it was that uh, what kind of video. Uh, there was a, a, a an online survey came yeah. out on Twitter. It was Cisco. Oh, yeah, but right, yeah. What kind of what kind of video meeting do you have? And I, I'm the uh, I've got the kids and the f- pets will come in on I a regular basis. Everyone at Cisco. I, I think we all are. <laughs> three guys in my team all yeah. have the same one. Yeah. I stick it on Twitter. Have a look. But it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> but it was like yeah, we're all the same. And I'm like because I'm so comfortable with it. I don't. Yeah. You mean my room's tidy? What you can see in my room. It did say anything right. out of scope that's on the video is it, it belongs to me, and I'm like, yeah, because you, if you, you can't see have it, a bit of a rethink when some of this sort of object recognition yeah, comes in. They'll totally. say your room is untidy. Yeah. <laughs> Machine learning. Um, we've got a lot of that already um, going on in in the background of stuff. Um, if you think about 
speech to text. So if we're in um, a video meeting um, or even if you're texting a load of stuff within a spark space, could some of that context be turned into an agenda? Yeah. Or if I'm recording my video meeting, could the, a transcript not be created of that? You know, and that's kind of learning phrases. Because that's the interesting that's thing. We were talking about email earlier people on. people and voices. You know, that's yeah, because when I'm, the reason I keep emails is just have a bit more of a, of a paper trail of, of stuff that's going on. So you can say, oh, most of the time is, have I forgot to do something? And that sort of moves away when you start to have a lot more online, a lot more video meetings. But if that could be then moved into, right, okay, yeah, there's a bit of an audit trail of what mm. was said at that meeting. Yeah. And we're already doing some of it. So the way the speaker track moves from person to person it learns where people are in the room and therefore it speeds up you know once you've spoken once or twice and it's tracked you it remembers where you are and the second time it tracks you it's a lot quicker and this is all anonymous so that's, that's right, just machine it? learning yeah, it's all anonymous but if we then turn that back towards the speech with the mind meld acquisition again you know th- th- we can start to get our other stuff like spark and bots learning a lot more and then it becomes more of an assistant and it's offering you information rather than you requesting it yeah. And that's where you'll start to see things like Alexia and, and Siri move to. And I, you know, I guess you know, Microsoft will get there with Cortana and Google with their Google bot equivalent and the others that are out there in the marketplace. Wow. It's been quite, it's been really interesting mm. this one because it's not just about product updates, it's, it's the software side of it and all that. Well, that's the, 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 co- the, the, the software uh, is where it's, you know, it's yeah. moved to, right? Because it's basically the hardware's there, what can you do with it? And it's well, just we can be a lot more innovative because it's cloud based now. Whereas on premise, we wouldn't see these updates in the in the customer's hands for a year, two years, three years, when they upgrade their communication management platform. You know, that's a so big that's the thing about beast, moving right? to the to, to the sort of Spark and the cloud and that sort of thing is about being able to be a lot more agile and, and yeah. get those new capabilities. We a lot can quicker. give you updates every two to four weeks rather than a year or two. Right? Yeah, and that will be done. And every time they upgrade, will be done to the IT team as and when they do an upgrade and when they need to do it and when they plan to do the outage. Yeah. Scott, absolutely brilliant to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for Thank joining us today. Me. No, you yeah, come on again. <laughs> if you want to contact the podcast, if you want to contact the podcast, uh, you can email me at justin.wollin at cisco.com, two words one L, or you can tweet me at Justin Wollin. And thanks again uh, for listening, everybody. And uh, thanks to Scott and thanks for Joachim. Thank you. Thank you.